Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to Chamber Chat. We've got too many things going on here. My name is Eileen Dautrick. I'm president of the Tri-County Area Chamber of Commerce, and I'm filling in today for our normal host, Bill Vitiello, who is uh, not able to join us today. So I'm just going to start off today's show with a few reminders, part of my uh, session each show for from the president's desk. We have a membership luncheon tomorrow, and that will be from 11.30 to 1. It's on networking in a pandemic and how you can be a hybrid networker. If you would like to join us, there's still time to uh, get registered. So please let us know as soon as possible, and we'll be happy to sign you up. And then this uh, Thursday in the afternoon, our young professionals are having a virtual networking opportunity. So hope you can uh, join us for that as well. And now I'd like to welcome our guests to our show today. We are happy to have back Pottstown Hospital Tower Health. We have, I guess it was probably four months ago when I looked uh, that Rich Newell, President and CEO of Pottstown Hospital was able to join us and give us an update on where things were, how the hospital was being impacted by COVID-19. So we thought it was a good time to revisit uh, and we'll start off with maybe sort of an update, Rich, on how things are going right now. Thanks, Eileen. It's, it's really nice to be back on uh, Chamber Chat. And since the last time we did this, it, it is markedly different. Um, I was really hoping back in, in March and April that this would be pretty much better by the time August, September, October ran around. But what we're seeing is it's actually, um, it's actually more challenging with uh, the, the virus being uh, somewhat more contagious in terms of variant that's running around the country. Uh, you, you hear it called the, the, the England strain or the English variant, um, but it's uh, it's been difficult. And in the hospital, back when we were talking, uh, back, like I said, what was it, April? That we, yeah. that we, so um, we were averaging about 15 to 20 patients in-house uh, on the ICU and in our COVID cohort unit. Uh, over the month of November and December, we were peaking up around 50 to 56 uh, COVID positive patients in-house. Uh, we did see it uh, with a higher rate of mortality with this, this second wave or third wave, however you want to count it. And uh, we have plateaued, we've come down, but we're still in the high 30s, low 40s in terms of the number of COVID patients we have in-house. And, um, and, and, and so it, it's still very much with us, still very real. On the positive side, we're in a much better position as a, as a country and as a hospital with PPE and, and knowing how to handle uh, these types of patients and protecting uh, the family members, the staff, the physicians. Uh, but, but it's still quite a challenge. Dr. McLaughlin, anything you wanted to add? No, I think uh, you brought up a lot of good points that, uh, you know, if we step back, we, I don't think we ever thought we would be where we are today. Uh, there's over 94 million cases worldwide as of January with 2 million deaths uh, and uh, 23 million cases of COVID right here in the United States, uh, almost, practically 400,000 deaths in the United States so far. And we're currently seeing 3,300 deaths a day uh, in the United States. And, and that's pretty significant. And I don't think any of us realized uh, where uh, we would be headed and how bad uh, 
you know, where we actually got would be so bad. Uh, you know, in Pennsylvania, there's 165,000 cases so far and 19,000 deaths to take it a little bit more locally. Rich, you brought up the UK variant, uh, which scientists uh, uh, nicknamed the variant that's uh, called B17. And this variant has increased transmissibility. So it's even more important that we double down on wearing a mask, staying at least six feet apart, avoiding crowds and getting vaccinated uh, when available to you. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that vaccination. So I, I just wanna to touch on, you know, one of the things that uh, Rich mentioned was, you know, when we first started this and when we had you back on before, you know, PPE was a big issue. Obviously that is a little bit uh, more in control now, but you also did mention being a little understanding more about the disease and how to handle it. You know, our, before we get talking about the vaccine, are there new therapies? Are there new things that you have figured out that are helping you treat patients? Um, yes, there absolutely are. We've learned a lot. Um, we were very quick as, as a healthcare industry, as a hospital industry early on to be putting these COVID patients who were sick and in the ICU onto ventilators. And, um, and, and we've learned through trial and error that that's not always the best thing to do. Uh, there have been uh, new uh, treatment or, or, or supplemental treatments that come along, uh, remdesivir uh, for some of the, the serious patients. Um, and, and, and Rich, you want to talk a little bit about BAM and what's happening with that? Yeah, so for our inpatients, uh, like Rich mentioned, we have the remdesivir and uh, dexamethasone or corticosteroids are the main uh, weapons we have against this disease for inpatients. Uh, for uh, patients that are not so sick, there's uh, new monoclonal antibodies uh, coming on market, and we do uh, have those available now for patients that are less sick. And uh, they're usually tongue-twisting names, but uh, for short, uh, we call the newest one BAM, B-A-M, and we should have that available at uh, Pottstown in the next week or two, and already it's being deployed in the tower system. Great. Well, thank you. That's additional information is helpful. And, you know, I guess we'll lead right into the conversation and the update that most people are probably most curious about. Uh, have a lot of questions about the vaccine. You know, when does the general public get it? How do they get it? And I know, you know, you go through, I probably changes every day, the information that you receive. So, you know, I'll kind of let the two of you, um, kind of take it from here and talk a little bit about the vaccine and where it goes and our technical uh, side of things. Drew has our websites ready to go for both Pottstown uh, opportunities as well as the county. So, so Eileen, uh, the first thing I think we should mention in Pennsylvania, 427,000 doses have been administered, uh, 60,000 fully vaccinated, but that only represents a point five percent of the Pennsylvania population. So we have a ways to go. Uh, we have made progress since December, the third week of December, but with those numbers, you can, you know, there's a lot of people left that need to be vaccinated. And Rich will go through a few of the things we're doing here locally. I, I think what's interesting and is people sometimes lose sight of, of how big a task this is. You know, we're so used to, if you need a vaccine for the measles, mumps, or rubella, you go to your pediatrician, 
your kid rolls up his arm, gets a shot and a lollipop and you're done. Uh, for flu vaccine, you know, you go to the local health clinic and, and you know, you, you, or your physician or the CVS and you're able to get it. Um, it it's much more complex with COVID and, and the vaccine itself is, is um, interesting because of the demands on the vaccine. So for the Pfizer vaccine, which we're currently uh, at a Pottstown hospital, we have both the Pfizer and the Moderna available, but we're currently only giving the, the Pfizer because of um, we, want, we want to keep things consistent. And also we, we actually are fortunate enough to have the capability of the, the deep freeze that's necessary for this vaccine. Uh, your, your refrigerator needs to be, your freezer needs to be at negative 70 degrees uh, Fahrenheit to maintain this product uh, as safe. So that's not something that everyone has. And that's why you can't just run to CVS and, and get this vaccine or go to your, uh, you know, your primary care physician and get it. So I, I think that as a country, uh, when you look at Project Warp Speed, and this is, this is not meant at all to be critical it's meant to talk about the, the realities of what we're up against. I think that we did, as a country, a very good job of getting the initial distribution of vaccines to the states. That plan was, was pretty well thought out, how to get the vaccines to the states. Where we're struggling is how do we get it from the states into the arms of the patients who need it? And, um, you know, we're in Pennsylvania so close to uh, New York, so close to New Jersey, uh, Delaware and Maryland, and everyone's doing it a little bit differently. Uh, New Jersey has been, I wouldn't say kind of leading the forefront and being aggressive in, in getting it out there. Um, and, and it's something that I, this in Pennsylvania has been really put upon the hospitals to take care of their patients because the healthcare workers were considered to be 1A, uh, so the first wave. And, um, and then the counties were gonna be uh, distributed vaccine to start giving out to the general public. Um, but what's happened is not all counties have the same resources. We're very fortunate to be in Montgomery County and have a very forward thinking county commissioner in Valor Kush, who has been uh, aggressive in setting up uh, vaccine uh, uh, opportunities or, or vaccine distribution site at Montgomery County Community College in Bluebell. And uh, they opened up a couple weeks ago and, and they can average about 800 uh, doses a day on the days that they're open. Um, so they've been working very diligently on getting again, those 1A uh, healthcare workers uh, taken care of. So at the hospital level, that was our initial plan was we're gonna do our, our employees and, and we can help out with some of the uh, 1A and, and, and 1B classification of healthcare workers. So that would be all my employees, uh, whether they be uh, clinical or non-clinical. That's about 1,100 people that we have here. And, and then we could help out with the community physicians that aren't uh, employed or affiliated with the hospital. So your optometrists, your dentists, your uh, oral, you know, just, just a wide range of, of physicians and their staffs. And, and that's what we started doing, what, about two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. About two weeks right. ago. Uh, it wasn't our plan uh, because, again, it takes manpower and um, it takes a lot of manpower to to do these vaccine clinics. But uh, we opened it up to the, the, the 
1A community healthcare workers. But um, last week we started uh, opening it up to also some of the quote unquote 1B, uh, which would be your fire and police. Now, what we're running into is our availability, our schedules that are available are filling up instantly. So we set aside in our first week uh, 150 slots for our 1A community members because we're still in the process, Eileen, of vaccinating our staff. Right. Uh, we just started our second round, uh, or you know, the it's a two a, a two shot vaccine. So all our staff who had wanted the vaccine got it, and then you had to wait three weeks to get the second shot. So we're in the second week of doing the second round of shots for our employees. But we also opened up 150 slots for uh, community members. Well, they, they filled instantly. I mean, they filled instantly. So uh, our team went ahead and worked with uh, the schedulers to open up an additional 150 for this week. So we had 300 slots available, and they were filled by middle of last week. So it's just very frustrating for people who are trying to schedule and um, and not being able to, and that's here and at the county. Uh, the county has a challenge of they can only vaccinate for the ones they have vac vaccine for. They're strictly using Moderna at the, the county vaccination site uh, because it's easier to store. And I, I know Val's been working in, uh, hard on getting more vaccine so she can meet the demand. So uh, all the health systems in Montgomery County, we, we meet weekly with Val Arcoach to talk about our, our plans and how we're helping to uh, vaccinate the, the general public. The next wave that we're working on now is uh, individuals over the age of 75. And uh, the way that we're starting at Pottstown is if you have been a Pottstown uh, hospital, uh, excuse me, Pottstown hospital patient or quote unquote a tower health patient in the past three years, then you will be notified that you can schedule You'll be notified from Tower Health that you can schedule uh, an appointment to get your vaccine. And so uh, for those Tower Health patients, we're, we're able to kind of start that demand and, and, and meet those patients' needs. Um, now, I do want to make it very clear that this is a very, very fluid situation. Uh, this past weekend, our, our, our website, our link got corrupted. We had to take it down. And, uh, and and reboot it. So uh, a lot we get a lot of phone calls. How can I schedule? You know, what's the best way to schedule? And um, the the best thing to do is if there's no spots available, just keep checking back because we're doing everything in our power to add more spots to meet the demand, and, and we'll continue through that. Rich, did I miss anything? Well, and Rich, if I can, sorry, uh, Dr. McLaughlin, I just wanted to touch on. I've seen other communities. You mentioned the manpower, the sheer manpower that this takes. Is there anything that, you know, anybody who has been retired or who is, you know, not working at the moment, is that somebody who can be of assistance to you or not? Yes, absolutely. Especially if they uh, have the ability to give a vaccination. Uh, you know, there's a number of pharmacists that have uh, within their license, the ability to give vaccinations, right. so retired nurses, retired physicians. Uh, there, there's actually on Tower Health website, there's a workforce uh, tab for uh, individuals who want to volunteer to help. Now there is some training because this isn't just a, a you know 
a flu shot. So there is right. some minimal training that needs to be taken care of. But uh, if, if any of our listeners today are interested, they can certainly call uh, Pottstown Hospital and uh, the telephone number uh, 610-327-7008. That's Kim Bassel. She's uh, the administrative assistant for the executive suite. And if you're interested, she'll take your name and your contact information and get you the information necessary. But uh, I think as we continue on, because as Dr. McLaughlin pointed out, we've given out half a million doses, but that's that's just the tip of the iceberg of what we need to do. And there's such anxiety over this because everyone sees this as a way to get things back to normal, that um, that, that, that people are, 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 are really um, pushing to, to get the vaccine. And, and I, I get it, you know, every, everyone wants it, but uh, we are limited in terms of how quickly we can give the vaccine based on how much vaccine we have and the workforce available to, to give it. Uh, the team's doing a, a tremendous job in our vaccine clinic. They're moving people as quickly as they can. Uh, we did not have the intent of being a vaccine clinic, but until there's uh, more formulated plans, we'll stay in this game to, to help get it out to the community because that's, that's our role as a community partner. Uh, it's the ethical thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Uh, it's challenging, but we'll find a way to do it. Great. Well, we are coming up on our, uh, we've been on 15 minutes. If you can believe it, I know what time flies. So I just, any last comments, um, remarks you wanna make to address either the vaccine or, you know, again, just an update on where Potsdam Hospital is you know, anything you might want to end your remarks with. So uh, I'll just go for a second and end uh, on my comments. And uh, that's that I think there is a lot of frustration in the community, but there should also be uh, a lot of hope. Uh, there's uh, several other vaccine candidates that are progressing through late uh, stage trials at this point. One that I'm particularly interested in is the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that's only going to require one dose and doesn't require two doses. And it is much easier handled. Uh, it can be stored under just regular refrigeration, which is going to allow uh, uh, more places to distribute the vaccine easier. And CVS, Walmart, uh, you know, Target, places where we're used to getting the flu vaccine. And I think they will uh, be coming online shortly. And uh, uh, Johnson & Johnson, for example, has pledged 100 million doses to the federal government uh, by early summer. So I think we're going to see a lot more vaccine and a lot more places to get it shortly. We just have to uh, remain hopeful and not get frustrated uh, as a country. Uh, agreed. It's such a, I mean, we're trying to vaccinate every adult uh, who wants it. And, um, you know, this is not the platform to get into who should get it, who shouldn't, but anyone who wants to get it, uh, we, we want to be able to help out with that. And, and so just, I know it's hard, but just be patient. Um, and and, and the, the light is at the end of the tunnel. And the only thing I want to end with Eileen is again, the amazing support that we as a hospital continue to get from the community. Um, it, it has been trying for uh, everyone and, and, and the number of people that reach out to us um, as, as healthcare workers and frontline workers to thank us for the work that we do. We still have companies that will, will donate meals to the employees just as a thank you. Uh, it, it's just incredible support. 
that we continue to receive from the community and we have the whole time. So uh, Dr. McLaughlin and I both feel very blessed to be part of this, this Pottstown community because when the going gets tough like it is right now, they do find a way to come together and work together and support each other. And, and that's not just our first responders, that, that's coming from the general community that have stepped up and, and again, just um, made a very challenging situation more bearable more because bearable you know there's people supporting you uh, and supporting the effort. So to the, the Pottstown family and community, we, we greatly appreciate everything that you do for our hospital. That's great. Thanks, Rich. And again, just a reminder to everybody to, you know, continue to wear the masks, continue to social distance. I know you mentioned when you were on uh, in the spring, you know, just a difference that that was making to our own community, you know, following those those suggestions is, you know, really making a difference in keeping numbers manageable. So uh, again, just want to thank you both for coming on today giving a little update on Pottstown Hospital Tower Health. Again, everybody just needs to remain patient, you know, and obviously as an organization, we'll continue to try and get information out. We have a good partnership with the hospital. So however, we can help you disseminate more information uh, to the general population and to our membership, you know, we're happy to help do that. So just wanna thank everybody for tuning in today and thank you for joining us for Chamber Chat. Our next show will be on Wednesday at 1 p.m. We have Adrian Turner as our guest. And again, thank you to our Mission Vision partners, our uh, sponsors for the next six months. Uh, those fabulous companies are helping us continue to drive our mission and vision forward. Uh, and we are, cannot thank them enough and are so appreciative of their support. And again, just want to thank everybody for taking the time to tune in and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Have a great day, everyone. Thank Thanks you for so tuning in. Please like, turn on notifications, subscribe or share. Want to be a guest? Email podcast at tricountyareachamber.com.